Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Kels. I'm so happy you're here and I'm super duper excited because today we are having on Miss Cassidy Bell. Hello. Um, Cassidy, I'm going to start this episode the same way I start all the other ones. What is your go-to coffee order right now? So, actually it's different everywhere I go. If I'm at Seven Brew, it's always a white chocolate mocha with, um, I think it's toasted marshmallow, or you can just say Cupid Special with almond milk, of course. And then other places I always get like a vanilla latte or French vanilla latte. I'm trying to be Miss America Fit right now, so I had to get a sugar-free latte today. Vanilla, almond milk. It's always vanilla and almond milk. That's, yeah. That's my go-to. Vanilla is, vanilla is good. Vanilla is good. Okay, Basic. so I just want to start this episode kind of asking you about, like, what your testimony is and kind of how you came to Christ and just, like, your story, because I feel like I don't really know that about you. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I used to think that, like, my testimony had to be, like, a specific pivotal point in my life where yeah. it was just, like, one specific thing. And that's not the case for me. It's kind of like happened over several years and like with a lot of things that happened in my life. Um, But I was raised in a Methodist church when I was younger, like always at church. Every Sunday um, I went to youth group. And then the older we got, the older me and my sister got, we just kind of stopped going to church. Like we got busy and we got involved in sports and extracurricular activities. And so we stopped going and just kind of, didn't really lose our way um but it was more of like we weren't as close to the lord as we wanted to be or as we knew we should be Mm -hmm. and so the older i got um i always had that in the back of my mind that like i wanted to grow closer to god and like i wanted to further my journey with him but i didn't really know how and i was embarrassed and you know just because i didn't yeah know what i should do um and you know that's not really what it's about Mm -mm. um but here i am several years later I'm 23 um three days ago on the 30th it marked three years since my dad passed away unexpectedly in a car accident um he passed away January 30th of 2021 and that was kind of the start of growing my relationship with God and kind of getting back into the swing of things because that was just such a traumatic point in my life where it was unexpected and like I didn't really know how to navigate it and how to go through that grief because I'd never experienced a loss like that before. Um, And so after my dad passed away, there was a lot of questions that my sister and my mom and I all had, you know, like we stopped going to church. Like we, we didn't really like, we didn't pray before every meal, like a family. And, you know, we didn't do these things that we thought like good Christians were supposed Mm -hmm. to do. And so we were so scared that like, you know, my dad wasn't in the place that he was supposed to be in. He was baptized. He was saved, like all these things. But like, we were just so afraid that we strayed too far. And I just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing from what I believe. Like, I don't think that you can ever stray too far. You can always find your way back. Yeah. And so I prayed about that for a really long time, like just praying for signs to see that my dad was okay and um, that me and my family were going to be okay. And we got all the signs thrown at us. And it was never enough for me. It was like I, I always needed more. And then... We got back into church and my mom and I, my, my mom and my sister and I all went back to the church that we used to go to when my sister and I were younger. Um, and one of the sermons one day was talking about like signs from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, if, if my dad was not where he was meant to be, if my dad was not in heaven, then 
there would be no way that he would be able to give us these signs because mm-hmm. we got sign after sign and it was just like well but what if this but what if this it was just so much questioning and um we were sitting in church that day and my dad was a singer and so um amazing grace was a song that him and my sister always sang together and that came on like they started worshiping and that was one of the songs that they played and sang and we were all just bawling in church and um it just kind of came full circle it was like you know if we're not like if there would be no way that we would get these signs from my dad if he wasn't in heaven if he wasn't like with our lord because we would you know we wouldn't be able to see those things because that's just a god thing and um so anyways that was one of the things that happened in my life that kind of brought me back um and then also i was in a not very good relationship um it's so funny how god will like use bad relationships to be like come on back yeah (laughs) like you know better i know and i i just thought like i'd never been in a real like long-term relationship before that was like I, I don't know I just didn't know how to navigate it I right. didn't know what to expect and so a lot of the things that were happening were not uh, that were not okay like I, I didn't know that it wasn't supposed to be like that you know yeah. and um, I was with this person all through the loss of my dad and through this my senior year of high school and I was missing out on so many things I wasn't able to hang out with my friends and family like I wanted to and you know I went to college and I wasn't I wasn't allowed to do pageants first oh, of all my. that's like and we literally would not here be sitting we are, here right now right. <laughs> um I wasn't allowed to do pageants I wasn't allowed to have tattoos or get any piercings or do anything with my hair or I just so many things Holy. and I was like you know what like there was part of me that was like, you know, if you don't like me for me, then what is the point of this? And also I was like, well, you know, you have to compromise and you're, you're not going to agree with everybody on every little thing. Right. And so there was just part of me that was torn and I was just back and forth and I didn't know what I was doing and didn't know like how poorly I was being treated. So I stayed in that relationship for three and a half, four years. Holy. I was engaged. I did not know that. Oh wait, no, you did tell me that whenever we I first met. I didn't know if I did or not, but yeah, I think I you was did. Engaged. But it like totally slipped my mind until you just said that. Yeah, oh, it's, it was uh, an experience for sure. Um, yeah, sounds like it. It was about six months after my dad passed away, and I pushed for it honestly. Like it was, it was well, me. I also think whenever <clears throat> you go through something traumatic, you push for something good to happen yes even if that's it exactly happen like you're just looking for some sort of light and since like for me like I like whatever because we have very similar stories my grandpa passed away he drowned in a but like oh in an accident goodness. in Honduras and it was like super like he was like my like father figure yeah and um so very similar in that way but like after that it was like I was just looking for some sort of male attention like I was yeah. like I need I need something good to happen I need yeah. a boyfriend I need something and so that's how we have very similar stories I didn't know that um that's but yeah you do look for you do look for absolutely and that's exactly what happened because it was six months after my dad's accident and I was just pushing I was like you know what and it was unconsciously I wasn't yeah. like well this happened so now I have to do this it was just more like yeah you did without even knowing yes I was just like pushing for that positivity in my life because I thought that that's what I needed like I wanted some kind of attention in a way and it that's awful to say but like I'm I've grown a lot and so I'm okay with saying that now but like I pushed for that attention and that positivity and then I got engaged and um, not too long later um, 
I think it was maybe six more months. Uh, I was scheduled to get married February 25th of like 2022, 2023, 2022, I think. Um, I don't remember now. <laughs> um, anyways, so the wedding was, you know, coming up. We had a whole wedding planned. It was like, we had a whole wedding planned. Like, it was like Like, a real... I tried on dresses, and I have, I still have it hanging in my closet. Like, I had a reception dress picked out, and, like, um, I had my mom's train from her wedding dress attached to it, and I had a, I had a whole ring, and, like... but now you're ready now. No. Yes. (laughs) But part of me is, like, there's so many, like, memories attached. I don't want to keep it in there, but at the same time, like... That's true. That's not what matters. No. Like I am in a great relationship now. I love I my know, boyfriend I see your so post, much. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're he, so no, cute. No, he's so he's so wonderful. But he knows all of this about me, and unfortunately, in that relationship that I was in when I was engaged, things got worse. Um, I think that it was kind of a point for him where he was like, okay, like I have it locked in now, yeah. so I can take it further. And I was manipulated and just taken advantage of for so long that I was just in this trance that I had no idea that I was even in. And so I was just kind of like under his spell and doing whatever he asked me to do. And so for so long, it was just like he wasn't supportive of my mental health and of the things that I had to go through, taking medication and like um, going to therapy and all different kinds of things that, you know, it's super normal for someone to go through you know um after experiencing especially something traumatic so um we got to a point where it was like I couldn't do anything and I my mental health wasn't where it needed to be because I wasn't being supported in that aspect of my life by like the one person you know that I needed to support me and um, eventually, I hate, I don't know how to like say it out loud. I've never like really told this story out loud publicly. So <laughs> um, eventually we got to a point where I was just kind of doing whatever, whatever he told me to do. And I was being mentally and verbally abused. And then eventually it turned into sexual assault. And he forced me to do things even when I said no and when I wasn't comfortable with things and I didn't realize that's what it was and I didn't tell anyone about it because I was just like you know I'm in a relationship and like this is how it's supposed to be. And this is our business. And this is our business and I don't want to tell that to other people Mm -hmm. and I just like I'd never been in in a position like that with anyone in my life and so I just thought it was normal. And it's not, if you're out there and you're listening, that it's not normal and you're not alone and there is hope. Um, but I, I finally, it got to a point where I finally spoke up about it a year later. I told my sister and I told one of my friends that I was close to at the time, like what was going on. And they were like, Cassidy, that's not okay. That's sexual yeah. assault. Like you were, you were harmed and like you don't have to, you know, take it any further, but you just need to get out of the relationship Mm -hmm. and we'll support you and whatever you need to do. And I was so torn because I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to, I didn't want to break off an engagement and have, like, it was, social media is such a big thing Social media is so hard because when things like that happen, it's just like, everybody And I had already posted it. Everyone knew that we were engaged. Everyone knew when our wedding was supposed to be. We had a venue. We had already paid for the venue. Like, 
It was like set in stone, except for the paperwork. Thank goodness, yeah. because that would have been a whole nother, a issue, whole nother yeah. mess. But um, yeah, so I finally talked to everyone about it. I had to like break that news to my mom and like tell her mm. all of that. And I was stuck in a terrible place for so long where my mental health was awful because I didn't know what to do about the situation because I was embarrassed and no one in my family had ever gone through anything similar so they didn't really know what advice to give me they were just like get out yeah I was like but how yeah and so I was in therapy and I talked to my therapist and I have a Christian therapist thankfully and he was very supportive of like how I believed and he helped me you know navigate how to get out of that situation but there was still, like, something in the back of my mind that was, like, I just don't know. Like, I need to know if this is right. Yeah. And um, so I prayed about it over and over. Like, night after night, morning after morning, all day long, I was praying about it. Like, God, please send me a sign. Please send me any kind of sign. Yeah. And so I got sign after sign after sign. And finally, I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And I'll once, once it's over with, then I'll take it from there. And so now, all of that, just to say... Um, that I have grown so much as a person and I have walked a long road to get where I am today Um, but I have a great job and I'm not you know in a terrible relationship anymore and I've I've healed from the things that I experienced with my dad and that traumatic experience and that never goes away that's Mm -hmm. always with you but like there's there's healing to be done and I've reached a point where I'm I'm okay with talking about it and um, I'm okay with talking about the relationship with, that I'm in because that was God's way of putting me in a situation that he knew that I could get out of and that I would yeah. grow from. Um, and, you know, we're humans and we, make, we do make our own yeah. decisions. Um, but I think that there's a bigger story behind it and I'm thankful for everything that I've gone through. I wouldn't change it. No. I mean, I, I would awesome. love to have my dad back. Yeah. But, you know, that's those are the cards that I was given and that's what I'm... Yeah, gonna do with it. With, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm living with, and that's well. Sometimes how it has to be. I feel like God puts us in situations, and He's like, okay, like, you're gonna go through this, and it's like, like even just like so you could share it like yeah. here today, and like you could help somebody, but also like let people know that they're not alone. Absolutely. And, like even just like today talking with you, like and I know like before we'd only met for like a brief period of time, but, like even your confidence now is like yeah. totally different. It is, and that's why it's kind of why I started competing again. Um, last year when I was competing it was just yeah I had no passion or purpose behind it I was just doing it just to do it just yeah I don't know why actually yeah and I made a post the other day um on Instagram on the anniversary of my dad's accident um because I was just kind of talking about um how I came to be a pageant girl or like compete yeah, in the so Miss backstory okay we met, yeah we met at a pageant and then we felt like we all like wrote our social uh-huh. medias down on a piece of paper and then we followed each other and we've just like kind of kept up with each other like very silently none of us like, even live remotely close to each other i don't think no there's like clarksville girls fort smith northwest arkansas that kind of area and then there's me who's like north central kind of arkansas in between northwest and north central and we're all over the place. We are all over and the place. And we still keep up with each other, though. Yeah, we all we all just kind of, like, watch. Like, I feel like... And, like, we just kind of grew each other on. And then I saw that she won. We're going to get into that in a second. And I was like, okay, I have to message her because <laughs> I had just, like... I'd seen that you'd won. And then I knew a little bit about you just from, like, yeah. that day we spent together. And I was like, I just think that you have a really cool story. And, like, there's even parts of it that I didn't even know. Though. Yeah. I'm just finding out right now. And I'm like... 
Yeah, it was, it's been a journey, but I'm proud of like where I am now and how I've come through it. And um, yeah, so I'm okay with sharing it now. And I'm glad that you asked me to be on this podcast with you. Yeah, well, I also feel like, and like people don't talk about this with podcasts, but it's like very therapeutic to just like, get oh, it, it is. Out. And that's like, I was in therapy for a long time and uh, I'm very thankful for my therapist. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been through all the things with him, but um, it's, much different to be able to talk in a private room where you know that's not going anywhere yeah to coming on here and like publicly just being speaking like speaking hey. about it and like there's no telling anyone could listen to this yeah anyone in the world could listen to this and it took me a long time um in therapy actually to discover like who was safe to talk to about this situation mm-hmm. and I was so stuck on like proving my side of the story and like proving yeah. my point and people knowing that I wasn't in the wrong and my therapist was like you know you have to find the people that um are going to support you and Mm -hmm. that are there for you and safe to tell your story to and so I did that and my friends and family know um but I think it's beyond that and so I'm glad that I'm on here and I'm able to tell my story publicly because I know that there's someone out there who's going through the same Same thing thing. and um if I can help one person that's all yeah then and that's that, all I care about well, and that like, was like even the intention behind starting this I'm like I could have a billion people see this or I could have mm-hmm. like one but as long as that one person's like getting out of it what yeah, they need to get absolutely. out of it and I think that's the same with like pageantry or whatever like yes. you go into it and you're like and like with your like platform or whatever you're like okay like this is like I just want to help one person yes exactly so, so what was okay I want to know all about your experience in pageants in general. Like, okay. what was your initial attitude, like, going into competing? Okay, so, um, I competed in Miss Arkansas's Outstanding, well, when it was Outstanding Teen, now it's just Miss Arkansas Teen. Um, I competed in Miss Arkansas's Outstanding Teen in 2018 as Miss Heart of the Ozarks. Um, yeah, she was a cute title, but I was just encouraged to compete, um, by a family member, and when I went into it, I really had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Like, at all. And I kind of talked to you about that earlier. Like, the whole interview thing. My mom was like, I don't know if you're you just ready never, yet. You, <laughs> I don't you don't really ready. know what it's like until no. you get into it, I think. And, and I people don't, don't understand. Like, if, you're, if you don't do... Like, if you've never done a pageant, you just... Especially, like, one of, like, that scale. Like, you yeah. just don't understand. And I think that you can... There are ways that you can prepare. But, like, you will never know what it's truly like and never be fully prepared for your first time. Yeah. Like, you can prepare and talk to people and do mock interviews and whatever and then you go into your first real interview for the first time and you're like the interview is oh, the scariest part because they ask you they I mean they nail you with questions and you're just like you either like either sink or you or yeah either sink or you float yeah and most of the time I mean I sank both times so well I mean I've had I've had good and bad experiences in interview and I've come a long way with my interview um I like to talk a lot. And no, so, I love it. Um, well, because me too. So I'm just like, yeah. like we, guys, we've been vibing all day. I'm like, <laughs> I was so nervous because we literally like, like we literally worked together for like 12 hours. And so I was like, this could either be like really good or really bad. And we, we, yeah, it's 11:30. We were like, let's start the podcast at 10. We're just now yeah. starting. <laughs> well, um, well, it's okay though. I'm not in a hurry. No, me neither. Um, but yeah, my pageant journey. I started in teen, and that was the only year that I competed. Um. I was a junior in high school, and my senior year, I just, I, I won a couple awards at state, uh, and it was super fun, and I knew that I wanted to keep competing, but I was getting ready for my senior year, and then I was yeah. going to go to college, and so I just took some time off, um, because I just didn't really know, like, what I was competing for at the time. I was honestly there 
just to say that I was doing it. Yeah. Just to win. And, like, that's not at all what it's about. What it's about. Um, and so uh, I got into college, and my sorority put me up for Miss UCA, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this, yeah. is, this is my chance to get back into it. And so I competed, and I won, like, outfit evening gown, I think. Outfit evening gown and on stage question. Um, so that was fun to win an award mm-hmm. in my first Miss Arkansas prelim. Um, and then I just would compete here and there with like a week or two to prepare. My mom would be like, Kesty, you can't do that. Like yeah. you cannot prepare for a pageant in two weeks. And I'm like, watch me. I, yeah, I can. And so I would. And, and, then, then, you I don't, would and lose. then you don't win when you do no. that. <laughs> I would lose. And I would be like, oh, it's fine. Like it's no big deal. Like I've, mm-hmm. I don't care that much. And so in But it's a lot of money to not care too. It's like it's so crazy. And deep down I I did care. Like I did want to win, but at that point in my life I didn't really know like what I was competing for. I was just doing it just to do it. And so um I had to take a step back for a minute. And then when my dad passed away, I was like, you know, my dad was one of my biggest supporters. He was always the one that said, like, chase your dreams, you know, Mm -hmm. do do what you wanna do. Don't listen to what other people say, like who cares what other people Mm -hmm. think about you? just do what you want to do there's nothing stopping you blah 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 so I started competing again just just to sing I'm not a singer I'm not like I've never been I've never been a singer I've Uh always been a dancer um I danced when I was little I danced competitively and um when my dad passed away like he he always tried to get me to sing with him this is what I posted about on Instagram the other day he always tried to get me to sing with him my sister was a singer but my sister's five years older and like she had some higher ground on me um with the singing world because she had more experience and I was so embarrassed to sing in front of them because I wasn't as good as them yet and instead of having the mindset that I could learn and I could get better and you know they would help me I was just embarrassed and I was like well I'm not as good as them they're gonna judge me they're my family (laughs) they're my family and I was so embarrassed and so I just didn't sing and um when my dad passed away I was listening to like recordings of my sister and my dad and they were getting ready to play him at my dad's funeral and I was like man I missed my chance like I don't have any recordings with my dad I don't have any moments where we're singing together that I can look back on that's like the one thing that he wanted me to do which he didn't he wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do but he would have loved yeah he would have encouraged it this is the first time I've ever recorded in an actual coffee shop and I thought it would be a vibe but this is the noisiest <laughs> coffee shop I've ever been in my whole entire life like we we will we might be back but we will probably not be back there's been trucks they're opening the garage right now this is crazy <laughs> it's okay <laughs> we're doing great but we've been good besides that honestly yeah. I feel like it's been fine so just uh, ignore that anyways <laughs> um but yeah I realized that like I'd missed my chance with my dad because he was gone and there wasn't any way that I would ever be able to sing with him right um, and so after that, that's I started competing again, and I was like, you know what? I'm just doing. I'm changing my talent from a dance to a vocal performance. I'm gonna sing for my dad. If I lose, who cares? Like, I do not care. Um, I'm just gonna sing to prove a point. I'm gonna compete to prove that I can sing and get on stage and whatever. And like, I'm I'm gonna make my dad proud. And then in reality, I was like, you know, my dad's already proud of me. He wanted yeah. me to do what I wanted to do. Um, and I do enjoy singing. I do enjoy singing. Am I the best? Probably not. Not probably. Not probably. I'm not the best. I know that. <laughs> I think that. you're great. Um, but I have grown a lot because throughout the process, 
I kind of, I found my passion and I found my purpose for competing and like through all the trauma and the things that I've experienced the last few years of my life, like that, that is my reason for competing now. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to make a difference in someone's life. I want to be able to talk to girls, boys, men, women, whoever, who have maybe gone through something similar or who might be struggling with the same things or similar things that I am. And I want them to hear my story and be like, oh, if she can get through it, so can I. Can I. Yeah. So um, anyways, that's, that's my main reason for competing now, but it took me a while. And I think that that's like the biggest thing for me last weekend or two weekends ago, whenever I competed, it was my first prelim of the season. And the first time that I really competed with a purpose yeah. and like a passion for it because I just was kind of going into it blindly before then and so this past prelim I, I sang for my dad but I also sang for myself and I sang just to have fun and I, I enjoyed it I didn't just do it just because I, I enjoyed yeah. myself and like I knew that there was a reason behind it and I went into my interview like willing and ready to tell my story and to tell like th- what I had gone through and um let the judges know that I was ready to share that with others and like share that with other people around the state. And um, so I kind of went into it with the attitude of like, you know, you might not win, don't expect to win, hope for the best. That's kind of like something that my dad always taught me was, you know, like hope for the best, expect the worst. Yeah. Um, But I went into it with a super positive attitude. I was like, I've I've prepared myself, Um, I'm gonna do my best and if my best doesn't give me a, a trip to Miss Arkansas and the opportunity to you know share my story with everyone that doesn't mean I have to stop like that yeah. I'm not defeated yeah. I'm not I'm not a failure you know um so anyways I went into it with a positive attitude I met a lot of new girls and it turned out for the best and yeah. so now I am Miss Ozark Highlands 2023 2024 sorry <laughs> what year is it? sorry no, you and the years you're like yeah, I actually don't know the years run together at this point but no, they anyways, really do i'm going to miss arkansas this summer and i'm so excited and um obviously my ultimate goal is to be miss arkansas and to reach more people but i don't if i don't win miss arkansas i don't have to stop sharing my story yeah. i don't have like i can still go and share my story and help others even without a yeah a no for sure and i think i don't i think that's so important is i think a lot of people they like like you're, I'm going back to what you were talking about, like passion uh-huh. behind what you're doing. A lot of people do things, and it's just kind of like on autopilot, and yeah. then they expect the best results. But like, I don't know, and it's so true. Like I feel like if you go into a patch on autopilot and like not knowing what you're doing, or if you go into anything on autopilot and like you don't have like the heart behind it, it people yeah. can tell. And that's kind of like that goes back to my testimony, my story. Like I prayed and prayed and prayed all year last year, all year the year before, whenever I was competing. Like God, let me win let me win and then I was like uh just kidding because you're not gonna let me win if I don't put in the work like you're not just gonna hand it to me it's not that easy um and so this year like I I did put in the work and did I allow myself the most time in the world no <laughs> but I didn't really just kind of throw myself into it like behind I it was completely different oh, in the yes. confidence like you I don't know you radiate a different kind of confidence this time seeing you than you did because it was like this time last year <laughs> it was yeah. yeah it was almost like it was just a year ago like a couple weeks ago, ago I yeah. think um but yeah I'm super excited for where this journey is going to take me next and um I am going to keep 
praying about it and hope that, you know, mm -hmm. ultimately I can become Miss Arkansas and I can become Miss America because that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. If you're competing, you know, like that's that's what you want mm -hmm. in the end. Um, for everyone has a different reason for wanting that, but mm -hmm. that's that's the ultimate goal in the end. And so will it be this year? I hope so. And I'm going to try my best, but it might not be. And that's okay. And we'll see where it takes me. So yeah, I'm excited. So, excited. so what was your reaction to winning? Because I feel like everybody has a different reaction and like different thoughts. Like, no, do you remember what was running through your head? I don't. I don't really. It's like such a whirlwind. There's like 10 billion things going through my mind at once. So I don't really know exactly what I was thinking. Um, there's pictures of me like reacting and a lot of girls like cry or a lot of girls um, like put their head down and they're like, oh my gosh, like this is life changing. Oh, they do the face? <laughs> and it is. It yeah. is so life changing. And you're like, oh my gosh, like. This is it's it. A, it's like, a whole new set time. of responsibilities. Yeah. Yes, uh, it is a full-time job. It is a full-time job. Um, but I wasn't, I don't know, I didn't really know, like, I didn't have a planned reaction. Like, if I win, this is what I'm going to do. It was more of just, like, you know, I wanted it to be natural. And I didn't think about, like, winning. I didn't think about, like, this is going to be my crowning moment. This is what it's going to look like. I just went with the flow, and then mm -hmm. we got on stage for the awards, and it happened. And, um... So in the moment, I just kind of like, I kind of like put my head back and I was smiling really big. I didn't cry. I was just so like, I was overwhelmed with emotions, but at the same time I was so happy and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is it. Like, like I, I finally like did it. it. Yeah. And um, so I, I got several different awards while I was at Miss Ozark Highlands. I got um, evening, overall evening gown. And I got overall private interview, which was crazy. Wow. I was not expecting that, which I don't know why. Like, obviously, you you want to win every award, and like you, I don't want to like talk down on myself, but interviews not my favorite portion of competition. It, it can be a little bit intimidating, and I do love to talk, and I can talk all day. Clearly, you guys are noticing that. <laughs> um, but I just interviews a little bit intimidating for me and a little bit scary because I do want to like be myself and I want to share my heart and my story with others but at the same time like like well what if what if you know they don't like what I have to say yeah um but you can't go into it with that mindset it's you weird. just have to be yourself and it's weird to like walk into an interview room too because you know that they're looking for yeah. you to like mess yes. up or they're looking for something that they don't like or they're looking for something they really do like and if you don't have yeah. what they really like it's just it's interesting and yeah, I don't I don't think that the every judges, interview is different too uh, absolutely I don't think that ju the judges are like tr they're not trying to get you to fail they don't want to see you fail they want to see you succeed but at the same time like you're taking on a role that's so much bigger than just yourself and so they want to see like what you have to offer and you know if you can represent everybody because ultimately you're representing several groups of people if you're if you're a title holder in the state of Arkansas well if you're a title holder in any state you are representing multiple different groups of people and everyone has their own beliefs we mm -hmm. talked about this mm -hmm. earlier everyone has their own beliefs and everyone's entitled to their own opinion and I think that's one of the great things about America like mm -hmm. that's the country we live in and that's amazing um, but when you're a title holder you can be true to yourself and like stay true to who you are while also understanding and seeing other people's points of view. And so I think that's probably the main thing that the judges are looking for, just is this girl able to like hold a conversation and mm -hmm. um, represent multiple different groups of people and speak professionally. And, you know, I'm, I might not be the most well-spoken girl in America. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not, but 
everything that I do and everything that I say in an interview or something like this when I'm at an appearance is stuff that I truly believe yeah. and that I really stand for and not stuff no, that it shows I'm just you're like, like passionate about it. like you're yeah. not I don't know it's not fake like you're yeah. very real Thanks. and I think that's like I don't know it's the difference between like I don't know whenever you talk to some people you're like this whole thing feels so like forced yeah. and faked and you're just like genuinely like you believe what you're like I don't know you believe what you believe and you're like yeah. passionate about it and it's yeah. it shows so what has been your favorite part of your reign so far? I know you're literally like, what, two weeks in? Yeah, we're only a couple weeks in. But um, last weekend I went to a fashion show, the Emerge Fashion Show um, in Conway. And that was super fun because I got to walk a runway and walk a runway. Did I say that correct? Yeah, walk, <laughs> walk, walk a, a runway. runway. Cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> I got to walk the runway um, as Miss Ozark Highlands and, you know, be introduced. And so that was fun because that was just like my first official appearance yeah. with my title. Um, and then this, I've never done a podcast. I've never done anything like this. I've had like it's private so interviews, but it's so fun. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous, but it's so fun so um no this is really fun it's kind of underrated because i feel like a lot of people do like videos which i literally yes. to go live but we did not do that it's we didn't it, but that's okay it's fine this will, you can just listen you don't have to see what you're doing. <laughs> honestly it'd be kind of weird if i go yeah like, no, i don't know we're like sitting so close to each other <laughs> we're, like, we're like touching these like hey guys but um yeah it's totally different it's kind of fun though because you just get to like be in good company and not like worry about like anything yeah. but like what you're saying and i don't i mean honestly i don't really worry about what i say like as long as i'm right. like I don't know. I'm not a bad person. I'm not going to say anything no, bad. I, so it's course. just like, whatever. Well, I enjoy this. So this is probably my favorite part so far. The coffee uh, and the relaxed setting. It's fun. Yeah, this, I kind of, I'm liking doing coffee with Kels in a coffee shop besides the noises. But other than that, it's been great. The noises are not bad right now, currently. It was just the garage door. It was just the garage door. Y'all, we were going to do it outside. And I swear every single truck in my town was like backing up. At the same time, I was like, what is happening out here? I was like, super getting really overwhelmed. Yeah, it's fine though. We're, we're making it. We're making it and we're thriving and we're doing great. This actually might be my new favorite episode. I'm having a lot Aww, of fun. Oh, yay. I'm excited to listen to it back and be like... No, it's so weird. We, we did like, that. We did that. That's us. Yeah. Okay, so... Why did, so it's not called the platform anymore. It's a community service, service initiative. Okay. Yes. So how did you choose yours? Um, so my community service initiative is Disabilities Do Not Define. And so I work specifically with disabled individuals who um, are in like Special Olympics and special education classes. And no one of a certain age, um, everyone. And it's all about like focusing on inclusivity and encouraging people to accept others despite like how different they may, yeah. may be from you. Um, so I started my CSI in 2018 whenever I competed for Miss Arkansas Outstanding Oh really? Yes. And so we're going on, what year is it? We're going on six, seven, eight years. years. Eight years no, of six. eight years of volunteering with Special Olympics, though, because I started as a sophomore, freshman sophomore in high school, um, and then after that, that's when I kind of started my CSI. So eight years volunteering with Special Olympics and six years um, with my CSI. But I was a cheerleader in high school, and we always did um, Special Olympics events with our that's school, so where we would just kind of go and cheer them on and. It wasn't really about, I don't know, it, I, it didn't start as like a CSI or a platform. Mm -hmm. It just started as volunteer work and I was with my school and my cheer team and it was just something that I always looked forward to and I always enjoyed um, because they always have 
the biggest smiles on their face despite whatever they're going through you know they face adversity every single day and um, I think there's a lot to be learned from mm -hmm. them and from people who struggle with you know a physical disability or whatever it may be yeah. I think that there's just so much to be learned from them because they always have a positive outlook on life and they always have something to be thankful for and you know I will complain about having to wake up early and I'm mm -hmm. like girl there's so much worse out there like yeah. you could have it so much worse and so whenever I was volunteering with Special Olympics in high school um, that was just something that I really enjoyed and then I got started in the Miss America opportunity and I was like okay I need a platform I need something that I want to advocate for something that I enjoy doing and Special Olympics was the first thing that mm -hmm. came to mind um, whenever I was a cheerleader we also had some girls who had special needs who wanted to come and try out and I think that something that is pushed on individuals with special needs is or just everyone in our society in general is like being inclusive in a way that like they have to be treated the exact same way but then we in reality like we get there and we don't not everyone does treat them the same way and so when we're trying out for um, for the cheer team it was like those girls weren't necessarily like held to the same standard and they were like not not as much was mm -hmm. expected from them when when they were fully capable yeah you know um, and so they would do the whole cheer tryout with us and you know there was a year that every single one of us made it and it was something that was super happy and we were all excited about but then I just kind of started thinking like you know we want to be so inclusive and we we want to um, hold them all to the same standard and they are capable yeah. they are so capable and we just like kind of push that part to the side no I feel like we like as a society we do not do a good job of like I don't know like letting them lead normal lives yes. I feel like we've definitely like push them to the side and we're like Absolutely. oh like they're like oh they're disabled oh they're special needs so like we can live our lives but we're gonna yes like separate classrooms and we do everything yes. separate and so and um so anyway that's where I'm at right now um I'm just kind of an advocate and a volunteer for individuals with special needs but also I really just want to push inclusivity and like true inclusivity and allow them to live up to their full potential and do things that we do even if it might not be as easy for them like physically or even intellectually like if maybe someone with a disability can't learn as quickly or picks things up as quickly but they are still a hundred percent capable and you know everyone's different just because I don't have a disability or um, like a physical or intellectual disability doesn't mean that I'm like any better than someone else yeah. or you know what I mean I just I that's like my biggest thing um, when promoting my CSI so that's kind of how it got started and I have a lot more work that I plan to do yeah I really would love to do a host of Tim Tebow's like, Night to Shine. I don't know if you know what that oh, is, yeah. but it's like they go into churches and have kind of like a prom night for yeah. people with special needs and they all get it like a crown or the kings the kings get a crown, the girls get a I tiara and the idea of it is that we're all kings and queens mm -hmm. in God's eyes and like we're all equal and I love that. So anyways, I I think that that would be so fun to host and so I'm looking into that, but I have a lot of plans, Good. but we'll see, we'll see how things get from here. Okay, so I'm going to talk about your occupation a little bit. Okay. You're a paraprofessional in a special yes. needs classroom, right? Yes. So how 
what the fuck was I going to ask? Sorry, guys. I'm professional. <laughs> um, how do you use your job to promote, like, inclusivity? Yeah. So, I actually, this is not my permanent career path, and it's not something that I saw myself doing mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um, I was in nursing school, actually, a couple years ago, and I started out in nursing school right after my dad passed away in the midst of my bad relationship and my mental health wasn't where it needed to be and so I really had to like reevaluate and take a step back from that um and so I came home from nursing school because I was like this is not like where I need to be right now I I can't put my full heart into this and like really learn what I need to be learning um if I'm not in the right headspace and so I took a step back I came home I reevaluated, and while I was at home, I started subbing, substitute teaching at my hometown school. And one day I was in the classroom and I got a call from the office, and they were like, Hey, would you like to substitute in um, the fourth and fifth grade CBI classroom? And CBI is our uh, community based instruction, like self contained classroom. Um, and so I was like, absolutely, that would, like, I would love that. And they were like, okay, well, we just, like, we lost a para, and so we need, we need someone to fill in for a couple weeks, actually, until we can find some, like, a replacement. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Sign me up. So I got in the classroom, and the first day that I was in the classroom, they were like, hey, actually, like, we need someone to apply for this position. Would you be interested? And I was like, you know, I think I would. Mm-hmm. So I applied and I became a certified paraprofessional. And a paraprofessional, if you don't know, um, is just kind of a student aide, someone who helps individually or one-on-one with different students um, throughout the year. And you just take them to different classes and help them learn. And you don't have to be a certified teacher for that. I'm not a certified teacher. Um, There are certifications and trainings that you have to go to or go through to get there. And that's kind of what I've done over the past year is get my certification and so I've been in the fourth and fifth grade special education classroom for a year now and I do truly enjoy it but there are challenges and that's another thing that I got asked in my interview the other day you know like what are what's a barrier in the special education world that like we haven't faced yet and communication is one of the biggest barriers um we currently have two students in our classroom who are autistic and nonverbal, and they know very, very little sign language. And they're they're fourth and fifth grade students, you know, and that's hard to be at that age and not be able to communicate with someone at all. And we as paraprofessionals do not have enough training and enough experience to be able to communicate with them. and something that is super hard for students who are ner- nonverbal um, is expressing themselves. And so when they're upset or they're angry or sad or whatever, it all turns into violence, unfortunately. And we don't know how to handle that behavior because we're not trained in that. And so I think that that's definitely a barrier. That's what I spoke about the other day in my interview. Um, But as far as my job goes and my platform, my CSI, that's kind of how I push inclusivity is advocating and like doing things like this where I speak about how we can't communicate and we need more training um, to be able to communicate with those kids. 
and so that's just kind of how I push the inclusivity because it's it's so hard to be able to communicate and those kids are self-contained in those classrooms because of the things that they're experiencing every day like they they can't express themselves and so they become violent and that's not suitable for a regular classroom well I also think as a society we're not taught how to like like because like we're all separated we're not taught how to like be around those people so even as a society we're not taught how to like be around those people and like how to how to handle those situations like nobody's nobody's taught how to like we haven't learned to live amongst each other I agree and so those students specifically rarely get out of the classroom they're in the classroom all day long and they don't get to do the activities that other students get to do because you know things could turn at any point and in our system as a whole there are residential facilities but they all have wait lists and so we can't get those students into those facilities because there's year-long wait lists yeah so um it would be extremely helpful if the paras and the special education teachers could have the training to like know how to handle those behaviors so that we can give our kids the education that they need because they're not getting an adequate education. They're yeah. not getting the same education as someone who's in a regular classroom or whatever you want to call it. Um, so like a general education classroom because they're not you know like it's it's hard to work with them and it's hard to communicate with them as i've said a billion times already um and so it's hard for me to teach like i'm currently with a nonverbal student as his one-on-one and it's hard for me to teach him what he needs to be taught because we can't communicate with each yeah. other and then when things turn violent or whenever he gets upset because we don't know how to communicate with each other it's disheartening for me and I know that he's not getting the education that he needs and yeah. so it's it's hard and so I do love the job and I love the work and I love the thought of it um, but it is extremely challenging and I'm not giving up yesterday was one of the hardest days I've had at work Aww. in a long time um, it was really hard and I was you know hit and Mm -hmm. beat up all day long and I don't blame that on the kid because it's not his fault at all like he's he's didn't choose to be in the situation that he's in and didn't choose to have that disability and he does the best that he can and I do the best that I can um but it's it's super hard and so that's just that's how I push the inclusivity and that's like the main thing that I want to do is just talk about um what I face in the classroom, what they face in the classroom, and be an advocate for the students and for the teachers, because it's hard for both of us. Yeah, no, I definitely think we, I don't know, I feel like they definitely do get pushed aside, and, like, I, like, I remember going to school and, like, just not really seeing any of the special needs kids in my school until, like, the Special Olympics, when it's time to volunteer, and it's like, oh, like, I go to school with all these kids. Yes. So, like, it's not helping that they're not socialized either. No, and it's it's hard for other kids. Whenever the kids in the general ed classroom aren't seeing them, the kids... Sorry? Not the garage again. Um, whenever the kids in the general education classroom aren't getting to interact with the kids in the special education classroom, they're not learning how to communicate and how to be around people who are different from them yeah. as well. You know, like they're they're in a classroom with people who are just like them and the special education kids are in a classroom with people just like them. And so it's hard for either group mm-hmm. to be able to interact and like socialize with one another. And so, you know, the special education kids get out of the classroom and the general education kids get out of the classroom and they're all just kind of like standing around like, 
what do we do? What do yeah. we talk about? How do we communicate? How do we have fun together? How do we play together? Like they have no idea because they're yeah. not getting that interaction in the regular day. And so that's something that I want to kind of make a difference in. Yeah, that's so awesome. So how do you think God is currently using you as a title holder and in your job? So many ways. <laughs> um, I don't know where to begin. I think just with my story that we've talked about, you know, throughout this podcast, I think that um, that's like kind of my purpose, like we talked about, is just being able to be that advocate and stand up for those people who don't really know how to get out of the situations that they're in. And um, so I think that this is kind of what I, that's what I went through. Um, and this is the reason for it. It's just to help somebody else. And so I think that as a title holder, I'm going to be able to reach more people. And that's super exciting for me. Um, I'm hopefully going to reach people all across the state and eventually all across the nation. Like that's my ultimate goal. And I just want to be a help to others. And I want to be the one person that they can look at and be like, wow, she's so strong. Yeah. She got through this. And if she can do it, I can too. Like I'm well, not I think alone. It's really nice to like see and hear from somebody because you're not that far out of it, but to know no. like it does get better because so many people are living in the midst of like a season of trials right yes. now. And sometimes they don't even realize that they're in the trials. Yeah. And like because a lot of times we go through stuff and then we get out of it and we're like, that's what like God was doing there. Yes. He used this experience to shape me even at the time, like even if you don't realize what you're going through at the time. Absolutely. So I think that it's really I think it's gonna be very influential to people to like know that like the season that they're going through isn't permanent yeah. and like there is like the grass is green on the other side and like well that's what I had to go through too yeah. I, like it wasn't easy for me to just be like oh God's do- putting this in my life for a reason mm-hmm. and so the whole time that I was going through my relationship and um the trauma with my dad it was just like why is this happening to me why me well and a lot why? of people it leads them to a season of like questioning god and like why god would put them and in that that's situation. part of my testimony like why why my dad what did he do wrong what did my family do wrong what did we do to deserve this and i don't think it's i don't think that's how it works at no. all and so now that i look back at it i'm just like wow like god put this in my life for a reason and he didn't he doesn't want me to suffer he doesn't no. want me to you know like have a hard time but in the end like there is a reason for it and that's my purpose now is helping others and so that's kind of like what I believe he's using me for as a title holder and in my job is just kind of spreading the message and yeah spreading well, his word throughout I also think all of it you as well because in pageants they try to keep religion out of it and I think that yeah. was a big thing that I struggled with because some like I was telling you earlier in the car like so much of what I do is religious and so yes. I think um, pageantry itself isn't religious but if you go into it because we're like we're supposed to make disciples and we're called to like you know disciple to others and I think you can disciple to others in your classroom like you are Absolutely. right now by just like being kind and being understanding and advocating for them because Jesus advocated for yeah. people that were disabled and um, you know going into pageantry with the heart that you have and you're able to disciple in, by just like being kind to people and Absolutely. you know lightening up a room the way you do and uh, <laughs> and you know like I think that's you're discipling in a very special way and I think it's really cool to watch thanks I'm super excited I just I just think that um, the journey that I've been on so far is like one that I don't necessarily wish on anyone else but if you could only see like how much I've grown and like where I came from and where I'm at now I just think it's amazing like how God works in mysterious ways and how he's kind of moved in my life 
And so yeah, I'm really excited That's for awesome. the future things. Okay, do you have anything you want to leave them with, leave people with? Any last words? I just want to, well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. Anytime. Um, Literally, anytime you want to hop on. <laughs> okay. Like, Actually, I have something to talk about. Hey, girls, like, just no, call me. No, for real. Um, I just want to let people know that, like, you're not alone. Anything that you're going through is something that is going to turn into something that God is going to use you for. And um, you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel eventually. And you're being used for something greater and it's all going to be okay at the end and so i hope that y'all can follow me i don't know you can tag me in this Um, uh, i'll tag her in like the stuff that i post but also like in the description of this podcast like i'll have her social medias on there yeah so follow me follow along my journey as miss ozark highlands and my journey to miss arkansas and um y'all can reach out i don't know who's listening i don't know how many people are listening but (laughs) if you hear this and you ever need a friend or like someone to talk to someone who if you're someone who's struggling with the things that i've talked about today um you can reach out and i'll give you whatever advice i can i might not be able to solve all the problems but i'll i would love to talk to you about it um so yeah follow along my journey and i know i'm so excited to see what you do i really do like I've been silently cheering you on for so long. And so when I saw you one, I was like, okay, I have to reach out now. I was like, we have to be yeah. friends because I've been, I've just been watching you for so well, long. Thanks. I'm so excited that you asked me to be on. I just, I was excited to come on just because I wanted people to know my story and I wanted people like that. That's the big thing. Like, this is my way of telling my story. And that's like why I think being a title holder is so important to me is so that I can help others. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we talked about the whole time. Um, but now that I'm like on a podcast and like, you get to I just can, do your whole spill. Yes, like, you I can reach anyone and everyone. And, um, so yeah, share this so that other people can hear my story and, um, just keep, keep going through whatever you're going through right now. Cause even though it's hard, it will get better and there is a reason for it. And God's using you to be a light in the world. So I love that. Oh. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Cassidy, for coming on here. I literally loved having you. Um, If you guys don't follow this podcast, you totally should. Um, Go ahead and give it a five-star rating because I just would love that. And, yeah, I love you. Jesus loves you. Have a great rest of your week. And, yeah, bye. Bye.